Nick, I've decided that we're going to keep this low-key, non-fancy intro. What do you think? So good. I'm glad I was ready and I'm sitting at my desk because normally while you're doing your intro, I'm away um, making dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, we're, we're, we're cutting to the, the point now. That's it. With the Rise mm -hmm. Method, none of this fluff, none of this, uh, you know, lights and glam. We're getting straight to the point. We are on the Rise Method podcast, episode number four, Nick. And it's mm. been an exciting week, like always, where this week is the very first week of the Rise Method challenge. So we're kicking off uh, today, which is which is a Monday, this podcast being released on a Tuesday. So yesterday it started, but today is Monday, even though right now listening is Tuesday. So follow along with me. It's been a great day. It's been an exciting day. So Nick, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks. I've been watching everybody um, come to life on all the groups and things, um, you know, telling everyone their stories. So that's amazing. Uh, so many people are coming out of the woodwork with very many different stories, which is amazing. The community is getting revived. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love seeing the stories uh, that people are, are posting about their reasons why um, and their, their goals that they want to achieve over the next 10 weeks and, and beyond. Um, and then also just encouraging each other, which is just really, really cool to see. And that's essentially what the rise method is all about where previously it was about, you know, you versus somebody else and, you know, going to be a little bit competitive there, but now it's really about you versus you and about improving yourself. And I, I I'm glad that there are, many individuals out there who are turning to become supportive in nature, uh, you know, supporting each other to understand the programs and supporting each other to um, help guide each other and, and, and all that good stuff. So keep doing your thing. I love it. And it's just the start. It's just the beginning, Nick. Just the beginning. Everybody is awesome. And I know that some people look forward to um, us talking. So here we are. Here we are. Nick, speaking about watching things, I've heard that you've been watching a, a certain documentary on Netflix. The Arnold one. The Arnold one. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love the, I love Arnold. Um, what I loved actually was what he said um, to, to people, which I, I, I'm going to adopt. Like, it's like a beginner's mindset. He just said, you can achieve anything that you believe in. Um, and sometimes as coaches, I think we get so bogged down in the nitty gritty and going, oh, I wonder why that person hasn't listened to this or that. But sometimes people just need to hear that they can do it and they will do it. And I think that that's my little take home for um, the week after watching that, just remembering to have that beginner's mindset as a coach and going, I believe in you, I be. So if you see me doing a bee and a leaf emoji, it comes from Arnold because I believe in you. <laughs> belief no i love yeah, so it so that was awesome have you seen it so nick as a as a good millennial i was using my parents netflix account oh. and then i got hit with the uh sign into your household password thing situation that netflix has pushed out so i'm yet to sign up again to netflix uh and no i haven't watched <laughs> the Arnold documentary. Um, I started watching the 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 TV shows he made. Uh, Fubar, Fubar. Um, I got like five ten minutes into the first episode and got uh, pretty bored of it. That was about a week or two ago. Um, mm. But I have read Arnold's autobiography, which um, of mm. course, of course, I've read Arnold's autobiography. Who hasn't, right? Um, and yeah, it's 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 interesting. Some of the messages that he pushes, you know, like ones that really stuck out to me was the idea of reps. You know, life is just about reps and getting reps in. And 
just like training, some reps start off really poor. And then as you practice more and more and more, you, you get better, better at it. So yeah, I think there are some things we can learn from Arnold, um, of course. And, uh, you know, some things that might have changed a little bit in the way our, our understanding is of that since the 1980s. It's been, you know, 40, 45 years since uh, that era of training. And, you know, some things have evolved and adapted and changed over that time. Yeah, bless him, though. Oh, he's pretty cool. And he's um, little animals as well. So, like, yeah, yeah I can relate to Arnold. He's got Lulu <laughs> and Whiskey. So Lulu and Whiskey, uh, the miniature pony and a miniature donkey. Yeah. So yeah. I like that. They come inside and sit with him. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, like, obviously, I'm sure he'd have a bunny. I'm sure of it. Somewhere. So Yeah. yeah. And one no, of our um, members has a bunny. I think it's Lisa Cooper, her name is, and she she has a, a mini lop and he likes to train with her. So she takes photos of um, her little mini lop and I think his name is Rufus. And so um, if you see us exchanging bunny pictures, just bear with us because <laughs> that's what we wanted to. Nick, about a, a week or so ago, did you see on my Instagram how I went to a, uh, a petting zoo with with my boys? Yep. yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, George loved the little bunnies. And right next yep. to the bunnies, they have... Um, guinea pigs for sale and of course my partner laura was like babe you want to get a guinea pig no like we've got enough living dependence right now between the cat the dog and the, the the two kids we don't need guinea pigs uh so yeah anyway fur babies laura wants another sale. bunny so if laura's listening laura that's a good idea <laughs> uh but look let's 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 bring it back nick i want to uh grab hold of what you said uh just a few moments ago about you know being good enough for something mm -hmm. uh and i feel like ever since i've become a dad over the past you know almost two years uh, i've really pushed this idea of you know facilitating things and i always find myself in positions where i'm giving people just genuine general life pet talks right <laughs> from like my buddies who want to open up their own businesses or like my um you know family who want to go out on adventures or go overseas and go do x y and z i'm just kind of like finding myself in this position of just giving people pep talks about yeah go do it it's gonna be great it's gonna be awesome uh and you know sometimes you know it doesn't always pan out and you're the instigator of doing the thing and the thing didn't work out that well and you know, it's a bit awkward but uh look i think all of us you know need a, a little bit of, of of support a little bit of a push sometimes and you know just to really understand that you are you are good enough and when it comes to you know this fitness thing that we're trying to do and you know to improve our health and maybe lose a little bit of weight and get stronger and improve our relationship with food and all the good stuff i just want everybody to know that you you are good enough for it right uh you know it's not like you have made mistakes in the past well we've made mistakes in the past you know i've eating chocolate and had a pizza and, you know, drank wine and beers and stuff. I've done all those things. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you think, am I good enough for this fitness thing? Or, you know, sometimes you have that imposter syndrome and geez, I have that imposter syndrome all the time when I'm coach Steve out there and, and trying to run this program, you know, am I, am I good enough as a coach? Right. And, you know, you, you are good enough. And that's what I want. I need everybody to know you are good enough. You are good enough to go to the gym. You are good enough to exercise. You are good enough to eat good food and you are good enough to look after yourself so go in there get some work done and do it for you you know yeah definitely definitely and um yeah that nobody's better than anybody else that's the best thing about the gym in general like um it's so cool there's no hierarchy there everybody's just lifting weights and helping each other out and if you don't feel that way find another gym there's a gym on every corner and i swear a lot of them um 
you know, most of them that I set foot in are just super supportive and um, you, you feel awesome. So that's how you should be feeling, you know, just about your environment. Um, yeah. yeah, it should be supportive. That's right. No, absolutely. Uh, now, Nick, start of the challenge. Many people are looking at their programs for the very first time. And there is one common theme across um, most questions that are coming through, both on our, our, our forum, the Facebook group, through emails, people emailing us directly. And uh, I think the general theme is lots of um, general overthinking general overthinking and overcomplicating the program okay now i don't blame people for overthinking it right it, it's not helpful in the media in general from social media magazines you know just chatting with your cousin auntie mum, cousin friend i said cousin twice um you know i think we all yeah, want more than one <laughs> we, yeah yeah look there's a few cousins in my family right <clears throat> uh but the idea is that when we look at nutrition when we look at training we want to put it up on like a pedestal and make it really complicated and part of that is just from an unknowing or a preconceived idea or um you know one thing that you've held on to that someone said and you 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 kind of not completely understanding the whole picture and that leads to looking at the meal plan or the training plan and just really like combing through it with a fine-tooth comb and, and almost like overthinking it to a point where you get this analysis paralysis right um so if you're sitting there thinking oh geez it's just so complicated i don't understand you know like what what's this meal is it enough for me where do i put this how do i get this all those things just bring it back to the simplest point of point that we're trying to make here with the meal plan we're just trying to guide you to create some structure around the food that you eat with your training plan we're just trying to create a structure around how you go into the gym the nitty gritty of it, it doesn't matter too much, right? You're winning if you're going to the gym and doing some exercise. You're winning if you're paying attention to the food that you're eating and maybe preparing the food that you're eating. So just general advice, just try not to overthink it too much, especially at the beginning. Maybe later when you are in maybe Coach Nick's situation and you're trying to step up on stage, all right, we need to get into the weeds and get you know the nitty gritty. But right now, you know, we just kind of need to start moving through our program. Um, and, you know, just starting to get a bit of habit and a routine going, uh, and then we can start optimizing certain points of it. Definitely. And just to let everybody know, if, if I'm ever struggling or anything, I always fall back on the basics. So the consistency, um, you know, just the, the general consistency with food, not, you know, if I'm, if I have a day where I'm not tracking or anything like that, um, it'll just be the, the the same sorts of foods that that kind of thing so just consistency all the time there's no real special secret thing and everybody um has to have that sort of basic foundation so that's if you can have that you can fall back on that anytime yeah absolutely and there's definitely those days that um are not good are <laughs> uh, those days that are tougher than others but I think as long as you have some sort of like foundation that you can go back to and, and, and make that work for you. Um, and that could be the foundation of, all right, I go to the gym and I love these three exercises because I just feel really good doing them. Maybe they're a leg extension because my quads feel nice afterwards, a bicep curl, um, then I don't know, an ab crunch because you love doing that exercise. If, you, if that's your baseline where you just kind of think, oh, I'm not feeling good today, I'm just gonna go and do some exercise. That's a perfect place to start. Uh, mm. I think, when it comes to like overthinking the program, um, you know, we are sitting there and 
maybe it's a bit of a, like a commitment issue <laughs> um, where you're looking at the program. It's a little bit like of like a, a marriage, right? You're looking at the 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 program, you're looking at your meal plan. You're like, all right, am I ready to commit to this? And it might be a little bit different to what I've been doing in the past, or maybe it uh, doesn't meet my expectations because there's slightly higher uh, I don't know, carbs or calories or lettuce or you know chicken on my plan. I don't know, you know, and you're kind of overthinking it a little bit. You're not sure if you're ready to commit to it, and the best programs are the ones that you commit to, then you can confidently say, yep, I gave it a go, right? If you're sitting there thinking, oh, geez, should I try, you know, low carb, low fat, keto, high protein, maybe Mediterranean diet thrown in there, or I don't know if I'm gluten insensitive, maybe I've got to try this FODMAP diet and you're sitting there and you're teetering around the edge. You can't confidently say you tried any of those diets if you haven't really committed to those diets, right? So if you're sitting there thinking about the meal plan, really overcomplicating it, just just jump in, give it a go, follow it as it is. And then, you know, after week two, three, four, five, then you can start to think, oh, well, maybe it is working for me. Maybe it's not working for me. Maybe I need to tweak it. Maybe I need to reach out to Coach Steve, Coach Nick and say, how do I tweak this to make it work for me, right? It's all about that flexibility. Mm. Don't overthink about it too much. And, you know, just just let's let's start the ball rolling. Let's get some momentum going. Definitely. And another hot tip would be um, try and work around what you already do. So you don't have to burn the whole house down. Work around what you already do. So if you like to have a certain thing for breakfast, adapt it to uh, how it might fit into the plan. If like, you know, everybody has certain things that they consider to be breakfast foods. I'm sure it's not that different from what's on there. Just start adapting it. You don't have to completely go, wait a minute. It says that I have to have avocado and I don't want to have avocado for breakfast. I'm a berry person. So stay with that. It's okay. You know, there will be an option that fits into sort of what you're doing already, if not pretty much exactly, just different quantities, and then go from there because you'll find that not overhauling everything will give you a sense of comfort and a sense of accomplishment that you're already achieving certain things. Have a look at what you're already doing and add to that rather than taking a million things away. Yeah, I agree. And if you're unsure about how to do those things, you can, well, firstly, there are some videos that you can follow about how to add a a meal to the recipe database and you can put it in, or you can just add individual food items to your meal plan. Um, That's totally up to you. Now, we are getting lots of questions about, am I allowed to do X or am I allowed to do Y? My general answer is, probably yeah you know you're 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 an adult and you can make decisions and um i know that there are some anxieties around i want to get this right and you know should i be doing x y and z um the number one way that you're going to meet your goals is if you find a strategy that works for you and part of that is the i in rise implementing implementing the plan and part of that is making those choices making those decisions about how you're going to make the program work for your situation. And that could be some folks out there who want to do a mixture of uh, cardio and resistance training, because that's what they like to do. And they want to make it work into their, you know, enjoyment levels and their expectation. Great. Yeah. You know, you could do what you're allowed to do. You don't need to ask permission to do those things. Or other folks that want to change their calorie prescription because they want to, you know, follow different calories or maybe change the energy deficit to what we're prescribed. That's fine. You know, you can make those decisions if you want to make those decisions. Some of those might be better decisions than, than others, but as long as you have a reason why you're doing it, yeah, like you don't need to ask for permission, just get, get into there and make sure that you, uh, you know, kind of have that thought process in your head. Like, why am I doing this? What's the purpose of this change, this modification? Is it because of 
reason A, B, C, or is it just, you know, because I follow an influencer on social media and they said this, so I need to do this as well, right? And that may not work out in your favor. Yeah, if that's the reason, then I don't know. That, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Other ones, sure. But like, yeah, if it's if it's something that you've seen someone do um, and yeah, you, you, can, you, you can sort of just question that a little bit as well. Just use your questionable, you, you know, your thinking cap a little bit that you would use for anything. Just say you were buying an appliance or you do your research. So um, it's the same with your body, you know, do your research, find out why they're doing that. Even ask them. If you're interested, go, why would you be doing that? Um, they should be able to give you a reason. And um, yeah, just remember you're investing time into things. So um, you want to just go into the right direction so you're not wasting time. But at the same time, the base layer is anything is good. You know, any movement is good movement. It's just then once you start to get that eagle questioning eye, that's when you can kind of refine it a little bit more towards goals that you might not even know you have yet. Nick. So excited. So excited. Nick, tell me, we're going to shift it a little bit. Tell me, how's your training coming along? Oh, I love my training. I know I should, I, every week I tell you that I should be struggling with it, but I'm not struggling with it. I'm um, doing, I'm loving it. I'm getting, I'm getting strong. Um, I don't know. I'm just, it's just a nice, it's a nice feeling to finally have all of it coming together, you know, feeling strong lean mean machine but I, I really do think it's because I've worked on my technique quite a bit so um just as I was saying last week you know with the Smith machine squats just really practicing being upright the whole way that's translated really well to normal squats normal barbell squats um I love a bit of deadlift variations just everything's just so much fun I love going to the gym um Shane if, if anyone hasn't heard of Shane, you might not know from the challenge, but Shane is my husband, husband. So he um, he has been doing classes with me as well. And then he, he just said to me before, in 15 years time, what do you want to be doing? And I said, just the same as what I'm already doing, like online coaching or coaching in some way and training and having, you know, saunas and ice baths and just being a Viking. So um I don't want to change anything. I, I, everyone else can have a think about it. What would you like to be doing in 15 years time? Ooh, I like that. The big, big, uh, big picture in mind, you know, the big end goal. Yeah. Nick, your I'm, boys will be at school. They'll be oh at high gosh. school. Yeah. They'll be the fun years. Nick, I'll be in the gym with them. Oh yeah. Gosh. Yeah. They'll be going to the gym with you. Definitely. My partner, Laura keeps saying like, Oh, what if they don't like the gym? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. They're 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 gonna see daddy training and they they want to follow follow me. Like they they're gonna love it. They're gonna be just built for it. They're gonna be around it all the time. Like Laura's training, I'm training. Like they can't not be training, right? Um, yeah, so, and uh, even if even if they sometimes say they don't like it, they do then ask you questions about it and yeah, you yeah. just stick to what you like and that they'll they'll come around. They will. It'll be good. Mm. Um, Nick, have you ever done the Viking press? Um, what does it look like? Because I, sometimes I don't know the names. W what is it? Ah, uh, there's a few ways you could do it. Like if you Google it, you'll see a whole bunch of people doing it different I'm ways. I'm Googling it es now. So. Essentially it would be like a, kind of like a landmine press, you know, like some sort of like idea like that, your barbell of some variety yeah. and you're pressing and the 
other side of the barbell is, is fixed somewhere. Um, some people do it in the rack of a, of a squat rack. So you'd have the um, barbell, like the maybe a shoulder height on the arms oh. of the squat rack. And then you kind of press one, one side up and it's a bit of like a, a Viking press like this. There's some yeah. machines that are Viking presses. I have done that before. Yes, yes, yes. I like I like it. I like anything with Viking in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because be a Viking. of my heritage. <laughs> I love that. I can, yeah, I can. I, I'm, I look like Shane's bodyguard when we walk down the street, someone said the other day. Oh, <laughs> uh, Shane, bless him. Nick, I've been thinking a lot this week um, and focusing on my training and one aspect of the training that we're thinking a lot about is the transition from each rep when you when you go through the, the lowering phase, which is like the mm-hmm. eccentric portion, and then that transition phase as you go through like the lifting phase or the, the concentric portion portion for my, my movement nerds out there. So, uh, you know, I was really thinking about it with most of my movements, but today specifically I was thinking about it with the squat. And when... I am training as a power lifter. When we're going through a squat, we we want that transition from like the lowering the eccentric portion to start off, I guess, slow and in control. And then towards the bottom, the last maybe like 25 or lower percent of the movement, we actually kind of speed up the eccentric portion and bounce a little bit. So we're trying to create momentum as we kind of bounce so we can start to push through the, the lifting phase. And you'll see some like high level powerlifters do this, you know, they might lower themselves down the squat and then they, you know, control, they control and they kind of speed up that little bit and they bounce a bit off their like connected tissues, like their tendons and their ligaments so that they can get a little bit of like an oomph and, and start the movement again. Uh, and it's really great and powerful for strength sports to complete that movement. You know, you get that little bit of like momentum, a little bit of um, that, that, that elasticity in the connected tissues that you have creates power and force. And we think about it more about it in, you know, hypertrophy settings and building muscle and about how it's a really uh, sneaky way that our body can make the movement easier. And, and when I'm training, when I notice it and pay attention to it, um, you know, I don't do it right. So as in (laughs) when I'm doing a squat and I'm paying attention to it, I'll lower myself down. There's a really clean like stop and then a really clean start position. So I'm not bouncing off any connected tissues, I'm trying to not make it easier for myself. And then I notice that as the set gets harder, when I get to, you know, maybe five reps in reserve, four, three, two, one, you know, depending on what reps I or reps I'm doing, as I'm getting closer to failure, the transition time shortens. And eventually what ends up happening is I get a little bit of that bounce. It makes me wonder, you know, what happens when uh, you, you do bounce, which is, you know, your 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 trying to move the load into different connected tissues instead of putting it in the muscle maybe it starts moving into the tendon maybe it starts moving into like the the ligaments and the joint capsules all those maybe structures that you don't want to be loading up too much because you know they can ultimately lead to complications uh and then are you slowly like cheating yourself in those reps and then you start to wonder it's like well if i am training close to failure am i getting more reps in by bouncing off these tissues so am i you know, where do I draw the line between where failure is and isn't? And this is a really clear example of overthinking it, right? Where I start to wonder, all right, like, how can I make this better? And I bring this up because I think we can all improve somewhere in our training. And some of us might be the very beginning where you're thinking, oh, geez, like, you know, how do I even get to the gym? 
what program should I follow? Some of us might be like, okay, like I'm lifting weights, I'm getting stronger, things are moving well. And some of us might be around where we are, where I'm really starting to think about like how I move with everything. You know, when I'm, when I'm squatting, it's like, okay, this rep felt easier. Why was it easier? Was it because as I lowered, I paused at the bottom, but then before I initiated the lift, I moved myself up a few millimeters, bounced back down and used like the elasticity to explode myself back up. And then I wonder, okay, was that load all going through my quadriceps or was my whole body trying to complete the movement? So one thing I'd like you to think about, dear listener, is how are you executing your your exercises? How are you approaching it, right? Are you mindlessly going through the motions or are you starting to really think about the nitty gritty of it where you go, okay, how am I lowering this? When am I stopping? When's my transition phase? How am I transitioning from the you know lower to the lifting phase? Can I improve anywhere? And it's a it's a, a tale as old as time, as time, Nick. You know we're in Disney now. It's a tale as old as time where uh, people join the challenge and would claim, "Oh, my training's perfect. Uh, training's fine. What I need help with is your nutrition." And my message that I want to keep saying is that we can always improve somewhere. Some of us need a little bit of help around the food side of things. Some of us need help around the training side of things, but we can't neglect training. And there's always ways that we can get better with training. Yeah. So think about, be conscious in your sessions, be conscious about what you're doing, how you're moving and where you can improve because we can all improve on something. Definitely. Definitely. I, um, I think about that all the time. Um, yeah, it's it's very important because otherwise you can go through the motions and you can really miss a lot of those gains. If you're trying to sculpt your body in particular, you need to really think about that and be mindful of how you're moving. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think there's always a purpose with our training. And I tried to give that example of like when I'm training as like a strength athlete, as like a, a powerlifter, I'm completing the movement differently to when I'm training for, you know, bodybuilding or hypertrophy or trying to build muscle. So if you're following like team build versus team strong and you're both doing a squat, you might be thinking about the squat in two different ways where one, you're trying to use the squat to stimulate quadricep growth. And then the other, you might be looking at how can I haul as much weight on the squat? And how can you manipulate how, how you complete those exercises so you can lift the most weight versus get the most stimulus out of your quads, right? And when I'm training as like a as a powerlifter and I've got you know 200 kilos on my back doing a squat, I come off of that and I might not get uh, much of a pump in my quads or feel much in my legs versus if I'm doing a set of 10 at 100 kilos on a, a, a back squat and I'm really slowing it down, pausing at the bottom, keeping my chest upright and really pushing through my quads. Holy pump Jesus, like my quads are about to like explode off my off my legs. So they're two very different experiences where one's trying to build muscle, the other one's trying to haul as much weight as possible. Yeah, definitely. I have been a skinny gym giraffe, like the, the strongest little, well, strongest big giraffe in the gym with no actual muscles because I used to just train for strength and that was it. Bang, bang, <laughs> <laughs> bang. bang. But yeah. So it's it, bodybuilding is, is interesting to me, not really because of necessarily the ultimate look, but also just the way that you have to, to work with your body in a different way, like you're saying. So um, 
I think it's I think it's wonderful for that. It's, yeah. just, it's like it's mindfulness in a mindfulness. way. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So pro tip this week, think about the transition between the lowering phase and the lifting phase or the eccentric phase and concentric phase for those who know what those words mean. Just ask that question. Are you bouncing off your, you know, connective tissues or soft tissues or are you, I guess, pausing? There's a really clear stop and a really clear start position. Just think about those concepts with, with your training this week. Yeah, for sure. Nick, I uh, have... I have had my life uh, completely dictated by my my son this past week. Which one? The youngest. The youngest. Oh. Uh, he's 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 going through a, a growth spurt or a leap or mm-hmm. however you want to describe it, and uh, just it's been a mission to try to get him to sleep. And waking up multiple times through the night has not been fun. And that kind of snowballs, right? Because you have one sleepless night and then you're up early with the toddler uh, and then the day is just tough and then you have the next sleepless night and then, you know, mm. after two, three, four sleepless nights, everything just gets kind of like tough, right? And you've yeah. been there. Many of our listeners have been there um, and I'm there right now, okay? <laughs> and um, the other day I was, uh, you know, I was training, trained legs that day, that night, was a little bit of a dramatic night of just waking up every other hour or so. And the next morning, my like SIJ or low back or, you know, back of the hip for those who aren't sure that is a little bit sore and tender. Right. And I could have easily gone through the motions in my brain where I went, Oh, geez, I, I, I trained too hard where, you know, I was doing RDLs and, oh, geez, maybe I, I overdid it and it was a little bit too much for me and, oh, geez, I'm an idiot. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do RDLs. Oh, that's it. I shouldn't do deadlifts anymore. Oh, geez, it's bad for my back. And I could have easily gone through that that very easy to make link between training is the reason why my hips saw my back saw and a little bit of like a an old man now that I'm in my 30s rolling out of bed being like, oh, geez, what's happened to me, right? And then I remember that, hey, I'm an osteopath. I, I know what's going on, right? And what really happened was because of my poor quality sleep, my body's under a bit of stress. And yeah, maybe what was the straw that broke the camel's back was my training. Um, but, you know, things are probably a little bit more sensitive in my body. And I knew that was just because of my sleep. And what ended up happening throughout that day as I, you know, maybe um, drank some water, got some movement into me, did a couple of little, little stretches and, you know, just got on with my day, things were, were, were fine and I haven't felt it since. So it was a short episode of sensitivity in my back um, that I could have easily thrown in the towel and said, that's it, I'm not training legs ever again because my back is cooked and, oh, that's it, I'm in my 30s now, my back's cooked, I'm never going to train again. I could have easily thrown in the towel, uh, but I remembered that, hey, it's just because I haven't slept well in a couple of days. So I just want to remind everybody that, one, you know, sleep's super important, yeah? We know that sleep can drastically affect our uh, hunger and satiety hormones, which means that we um, you know, eat more than we're used to, right? We can change our experience in our body where we experience more pain, right? Um, Then also change our training intensity. So if you are tired, you're not gonna be training as hard the next day, right? And then ultimately, you know, affect maybe like our our needs, how many steps you do because you're tired and lethargic. So sleep is is super, super important, right? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. It can can trick you as well. It can make you feel like, um, everything sucks, you know, it can make you feel like everything sucks. 
and it's a tricker. It's a trickster. Sleep, lack of sleep. You know, it really yeah. is. Yeah. And um, yeah, it makes things a little blurry. Yeah, sometimes you've got to ask yourself, have I slept or not? Have I slept properly or not? I'm not going to make any decisions today. (laughs) (laughs) So look, my pro tip is that if you're experiencing some pain and discomfort, um, firstly, let's let's address our sleep. So if you're not sleeping well uh, and you might be going to bed for 8, 10, 12 hours, whatever, but if you're going to bed and that means that you're scrolling on TikTok or Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, wherever it is, and you're just playing on your phone for a few hours, ah, you're not really sleeping, right? If you're waking up multiple times in the night, you might want to address why you're waking up multiple times in the night. Are you need to go to the toilet. Um, is the temperature not right in your room? Are you sleeping with, you know, pets in your room and all that stuff, right? You know, why are you waking up multiple times in the night? Sometimes you might be in a situation like I am where you don't really get to control it. And that's okay. You get to manage it the next day. Um, but as you experience the symptoms after the fact, just remember that uh, it could all be coming down to your sleep quality and it should be no reason why you are you know throwing the towel um, and just be cautious that you don't make false like links you know i could have easily linked the, um, my experience with pain or discomfort from my training and said that's it i'm not training anymore or i understand that okay i'm a little bit sensitive right now maybe from my training a little bit more sensitive now than normal because i just haven't slept very well um and I still turn up the next day and, and, and do some movement and, and things are fine. So uh, yeah, get some sleep. You probably feel better about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sleep is so good. It is the magical cure, but you can't always have it, but you can always get it back eventually. Right. You can't get it back, but you can have a good, few good night's sleeps and it does fix a lot of the things that you thought were wrong. Wait yeah. till you get one good night's sleep. You'll be so happy. Oh, geez, I'll be you're going into a powerlifting competition. <laughs> you'll, you'll be like, right, that's it. I'm going to enter a competition tomorrow. I feel so good. Oh, geez. Now, Nick, talking about sleep. Um, the other day I uh, was teaching my Cert 3, 4 in fitness, right? So if you, if you haven't listened to the other episodes of the Challenge, uh, the Rise Method podcast here, um, I, I teach Cert 3, 4 in fitness to, to the next generation of personal trainers. It's really cool. It's really exciting. And we'll, I was taking them through a nutrition workshop. Okay. So I was teaching them about all the things that I teach uh, those in the Rise Method and, and previous Max and Maxine Challenge um, members about nutrition and, you know, what is a calorie and, and what is a protein, what is a carb and all these, all this fun stuff. And when I got around to the metabolism and we're talking about energy expenditure and I was talking about, you know, the, the basal metabolic rate and neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis and the thermic effect of food um, and physical activity and there's different effects on um, energy expenditure i was highlighting that you know any uh strategy that aims to increase your metabolism where you expend more energy needs to target one of these four things right and i turn around it's like can anyone think of of anything that could affect one of these four things. And again, that was the basal metabolic rate, the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, the thermic effect of food and physical activity. And it was a pause and a pause and a longer pause. And then um, someone finally said, sleep like this. I was like, okay, how so? They're like, oh, well, you know, if you sleep, you burn calories because that's when you're like healing yourself. And I was like, okay, like that's, that's not a lie, right? And this was like, you know, a, a, a personal, tra- about to soon to be personal trainer. Um, so then we ended up concluding that, okay, maybe a good good quality sleep could 
increase your needs, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, so you expend more energy throughout the day, uh, but you don't sleep to expend energy, right? It's like saying you don't go to sleep to lose weight because that's how you would expend more energy. You know, if you slept for 12 hours or eight hours, you don't spend more energy sleeping for 12 hours and eight hours. Um, and I found it really fascinating, this comment of, uh, you know, someone in the, in the fitness industry about to become a personal trainer, um, a little bit of a misconception there. And I, I, no judgment, no judgment at all. Um, but I think just in, in, in general, you know, we'd all benefit from um, just that a little bit of nutritional awareness. And that's what we're here for. We're learning more about nutrition um, and just trying to understand what we're trying to say. And sometimes when you say really literally like, oh, you sleep and you lose, you, you expend more energy. It's like, okay, well, would I go to sleep to expend more energy so that I would lose weight? Like, is that a weight loss strategy is that, that you sleep more? No, but, uh, you know, having good quality sleep is a maintaining factor to a successful like weight loss journey because poor quality sleep might be the reason why you gain weight. So there's like facilitators uh, and then the stimulators, right? There's things that stimulate like weight loss and there's things that like facilitate weight loss, right? And if you kind of understand those two things, um, it's, it starts to make sense. We're like, okay, well, you know, if I was eating nutritious foods, like vitamins and minerals, like having more vitamins and minerals doesn't lead to weight loss, but indirectly eating more vitamins and minerals help you to feel satisfied and feel healthy and feel good. So that facilitates weight loss. It doesn't stimulate weight loss or stimulate energy expenditure facilitates it. So, uh, again, you know, this is a long winded story about, about sleep <laughs> and how, um, indirectly it can, facilitate, I guess, weight gain, um, but it might not stimulate any extra calorie expenditure, unless you try to go indirectly by saying, oh, well, if you slept well, you might be um, getting more neat and more steps in throughout the day, and that leads to more energy expenditure. Mm, yeah, you'd be more inclined to move. And the other thing you could say indirectly is um, if you are asleep, you can't shove food in your gob. <laughs> well, yeah. Unless you're asleep, <laughs> you? like a sleepwalker, and you're just like eating while you're sleeping yeah oh well that's right <laughs> yeah oh gosh look nick um let's bring it back to the rise method so we're just starting the rise method challenge and i would like you to think about the r phase which is reevaluating. so what are you reevaluating right now uh, that could be your situation you know what your maybe you're training right now and reevaluating that and be like okay well I'm currently doing spin class or I'm currently doing Pilates or I currently swim three times a week or currently lifting weights or currently training for a powerlifting shop or a bodybuilding comp, whatever it is, reevaluating that goal. Like, okay, what am, what am I doing right now? Thinking about where you want to move towards, maybe that goal has changed and you go, well, I was training as a bodybuilder, but I'm not really interested in that anymore. I want to train for, you know, flexibility and go get into some um, you know, stretching works. I want to get back into uh, dancing, uh, whatever it is. So, you know, reevaluating your goal right now, thinking about why that goal is important to you. And maybe that why is trying to, you know, really understand your values, what's important to you right now. And maybe that is, um, you know, freedom of movement, or maybe that is mobility, or maybe that is being strong enough to play with your kids or fit enough to play with your kids, whatever that, that, that is. And then finally, you know, Reevaluating our environment and thinking about how we can modify our environment to make this thing easy again. So, you know, we really are a, a product of our environment. We get influenced a lot by our environment. So if you can make 
changes to your environment, as in the, the people, the things, your habits, your routines, all that stuff can make significant changes. So just a reminder this week, really thinking about reevaluating where we are right now, because it's only when we take stock of where we are now that we can get a clear picture of where we want to go. Absolutely. So Nick, I just want to move into a few questions before we wrap up this episode of the Rise Method podcast. So firstly, uh, we're getting lots of technical questions about how to interact with things like the uh, training program and the meal plan around the the spreadsheets, how to work the spreadsheets, all, all those things. I'm, uh, I would highly recommend that you watch some of the explainer videos. Um, so where you download the meal plan right above that is a, a quick start video. It's about three or four minutes long. It's set to twice speed. So you probably watch it in like a minute or two. And I take you through the entire process of how the meal plan works. Then you could scroll down even further to the bottom of the, the meal plan page, the nutrition page, and you could see a whole range of other videos. So if you're unsure, I would highly recommend that you check out some of those walkthrough videos. Um, if you're not a fan of watching videos, there is also some written instructions right where you download your meal plan. And then also when you open your meal plan, there's some instructions on the very front page. So um, if you missed all those instructions and you went straight to the meal plan, um, I, I, I don't blame you. You probably got questions where it doesn't make sense. So I will invite you just to rewind a moment and maybe look through some of those um, those instructions um, and and w- watch some of those, those videos and probably answer a lot of your questions. Mm. Now, Nick, first question here, maybe you can take a stab at it. Uh, getting lots of questions about macros and general questions of, do I need to make my macros match my target? So for context, in the top right corner of your meal plan, there is like a, a guide for your macros, amount, how many protein, grams of protein you should have, how many grams of carbs you should have, how many grams of fats you should have based on you know a general outline of macros. And you, know, you might be looking at your meal plan and your actual macro intake might not match what the target is. So Nick, how important is it to meet your macros? Should you meet your macros? What, what should we do there? All right. So the first thing to do is to make sure that your calorie target is as accurate as possible, like plus or minus, you know, 10% or so. So you want to, you want to get that calorie target on point. That's where you want to start. Then after that, really for any body composition changes, whether you want to gain muscle or lose body fat, you really want to prioritize that protein. After that, so I see people saying, my carbs are 93 grams and and they're meant to be 140. Um, Carbs and fats are interchangeable. So if you like the look of your meal plan and you fiddled around with it and you like it, I wouldn't worry about it at this stage. So as we've been saying earlier on in the podcast, you know, that that's the sort of stuff that you can refine later on if you have specific body composition goals that, that um, are, you know, very it's very important to meet exact macro targets. But at this point, you will see results with doing just what I said above, regardless of exact hitting those exact targets. They're there for you to look at. They're there for you to play around with, to have an understanding of. You need to have an understanding eventually of what they all are, um, of what foods make up what. Sometimes people think, you know, I love the idea of educating people with macros, not even so they can make them as the building blocks. It's more just to also understand. Sometimes people think, say, peanut butter is a protein, 
but it's actually um, it's a fat. You know, primarily there's more fat in in peanut butter than there is protein. So things like that are so interesting to understand. So that's where I think macros are, are awesome to be aware of. But in terms of your meal plan, um, if you've got it now, and I've, the people that I've seen, it's like it's very accurate. You know, you're doing very well. I would just stick to that. See how that makes you feel. Stay consistent with that, and then have a look at what's happening to your body whilst whilst you're consuming that. Because if you're sticking to that, that is sticking to something, and you will be able to then quantify any changes that are going on. Yeah, totally agree. I'd say a similar thing, and you know, I would say like the 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 hierarchy certainly is like calories first, like the calorie control method where we're looking at the the calorie restraint model sorry where we're, we're mainly targeting calories first and that's this idea of simplifying and not overthinking about it too much and a common approach to nutrition is almost putting that 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 proverbial cart before the horse idea where you know firstly we need to get our our calories matched up first you know we can't think we can't start thinking about macros or or micros or any other stuff. And even going back to that nutrition workshop I ran the other day, you know, some of the first comments before we even dived into it was about, you know, high GI foods or, you know, white pasta versus whole meal pasta or, you know, straight into supplements or talking about, you know, where to get uh, zinc from one one student was asking about, right? So um, before we kind of dive into, you know, this area, we need to start thinking, all right, are we consuming enough energy to match our needs? And that's actually, the very first guideline in the Australian Nutritional Guidelines, if anyone's read that, where we're trying to consume enough energy to meet our, our daily needs. So we're trying to match, uh, and that's what essentially a calorie is. We're me- measuring the energy in food. Uh, and again, the poor students, no, no one was able to define what a calorie was, right? Um, they, one of them said it was the thing that make you fat. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> not completely wrong, but uh, you know, it's it's energy. That's what a calorie is. Calories like temperature. It's how we measure something. It's not something you can see under a microscope. It's not something you can actually hold. It's something that we measure, kind of like like temperature. So calories first, I would say. Macros, you know, second ish. Um, and even then, like I wouldn't even worry about macros unless you're in like Coach Nick's position where you're trying to become exotically lean where we want to try to lose body fat and as we become leaner that's when we need to prioritize protein even more so we can maintain as much muscle as we can as we continue to lose body weight so that we're confident that we're losing body fat and not you know muscle mass so that's the main reason right where we're trying to have uh you know macro control so that we can become like exotically lean but for many of us that's not really the goal like we don't want to be like you know, super diced uh, up about, about to step up on stage for that one moment in time um, and then deal with all the other uh, challenging things that come with getting exotically lean. So we can make it easier and think, okay, well, let's just think about calories. Let's think about calories first and not overcomplicate too much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I mean, I would say just keep an eye on your protein because it's also, it makes you feel full too. So some people don't eat enough protein. So that's just good to know that um, something to be aware of it's just within your nutrition but coach steve with all your videos (laughs) there'll be something in there about all that i know it yeah yeah there is watch Um, coach steve's videos watch them people look nick uh the final question here um is a question about training and the question is in the build training program there is a lot of high volume reps do we need to do that many reps to see muscle size? Obviously, I can't go as heavy. Okay. Uh, so 
just want to break it down. And it's actually a, a topic we spoke about a few different versions in previous podcasts, um, but not quite in this in this style. So firstly, the first sentence here is that the, in the build training program, there is a lot of high volume reps. Now, um, <laughs> there's, there's no such thing as uh, high volume reps. Um, so volume is how we describe total amounts of sets that we do and a set is how we is is defined as taking the exercise close to technical failure where we no longer able to do another rep so high volume reps um you know a rep is a rep a rep is one unit of how we measure movement um kind of like a letter so you wouldn't say high volume letter or letters it would be high volume words right so not only high volume sets but let's just being into semantics what was meant in this question was that there are some sets where it's prescribed um, at uh, higher numbers, right? So instead of doing five reps or 10 reps, there might be, you know, 10 to 20 reps or 20 to 30 reps. So there's, there's a higher number or I guess higher volume, okay? There's more of it. So um, that's that's the, that's the first point. The second point, do we need to do that many reps to see muscle size? Now, muscle growth or hypertrophy occurs in lots of different rep ranges. And really cool study recently was a meta-analysis and we have data that shows that even like one rep stimulates muscle growth um, and then upwards of we've got data on 50 reps stimulates muscle growth so there's a very very large range that almost any number of reps that you do stimulates muscle growth now we can start to put some like quote common sense in there and some sort of rationale where if we do very low number of reps let's say one rep or two reps that often comes with a lot of um you know compressive fatigue right so you know if you're doing a squat and doing a one rep max you know you've got lots of compression happening on your body lots of extra stress placed on your body and that can be generally fatiguing so it's not um suitable to do you know, lots of sets of just like one rep or two reps or three reps, because it's just ultimately tiring. Where if you do, let's say three sets of 10, most of us are like, oh, that's cool. But if you do three sets of, of three at like 95% of your one rep max, um, anyone who's really done that hard is like, Jesus Christ, that's, that's, that's a lot of effort to put ourselves through. So we can accumulate more volume, more sets of work when we you know, add, add a little bit of logic to our rep ranges. So we can then conclude that a good, more optimal range of reps for muscle growth is anywhere between about five reps up until about 30 repetitions this is a good range. Most of us kind of sit between this maybe eight to 12 rep range, kind of like this nice round number of, of, of 10 is often what, what's met. Now, as we train with different rep ranges, we start to signal different pathways in the way that the muscle actually grows. So for a true beginner, someone who's never exercised, just getting off the couch, you're building muscle, right? But for uh, us that are becoming more intermediate to advanced, we need to start utilizing different approaches to different muscles where instead of training our muscles only at you know five reps or 10 reps or training certain muscles at 10 reps and other muscles at 20 reps or 30 reps it's wise to challenge our muscle groups all of them through different rep ranges and you'll see this in the build program in the advanced build programs is that there is um, a range of different exercises organized in different ways that you are targeting 
uh, different muscle groups across different rep ranges where some muscles you're training in about five reps and then the next day you might be training it at that 10 to 15 rep range and some other days you might be training at that 20 to, to 30 rep range and you might have a very different experience and if you do something in 10 reps you might get a lift x amount of weight or if you do something at 20 reps of course you have to lift fewer weight but you might find that you can execute the technique differently so that you get a very different contraction and then a very different pump afterwards um, which leads to a very different experience so for me i love training let's say my back at this maybe 10 to 20 rep range and if not a bit more because if i go heavier than that let's say if i'm doing five reps i find that you know the load is just too heavy that i can't actually get like a, a full stretch and a contraction of like my lats so i don't actually feel much of it and so anything if anything it's just a tiring experience i'm not really getting a stimulating experience but by going a little bit heavier uh, sorry a little bit lighter and doing more reps i'm able to really feel the movement stretch it and pull and contract and oh jesus my back's about to explode right so if you haven't already experiment with different rep ranges which is part of the advanced program or the progressive program in the, the build program. So to answer this question fully, one, there's a variety of rep ranges so that we can challenge muscle groups across different rep ranges, mainly for those advanced individuals so that we can stimulate hypertrophy through different pathways. And again, hypertrophy, the fancy word for building muscle. Do we need to do that many reps for muscle size? No, you don't need to. You can see some great muscle growth, you know, by sticking to, you know, 10 reps and only doing 10 reps forever, or maybe the eight to 12 or the five reps or the 15 reps, whatever you love doing, you, you can see some great muscle growth. Uh, but intelligently, it's probably best to trial different rep ranges. You might find some you enjoy and others you don't enjoy, but sometimes the things we don't enjoy and things that are good for us, right? Um, and those muscles that you've always trained at high reps, try them at lower reps. And all those muscles that you've trained just at lower reps, try at high reps. Um, and you might find some extra muscle growth, which is always nice. Definitely. And another top tip is uh, if, if you start doing 20 reps of something and then um, you bring it down to, to five eventually, um, you'll look forward to that so much as well that you'll... Yeah. you'll um, perform so well because yeah, the twenties, the, the, the 20 gets pretty hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're using that kind of challenging weight. Oh, but I've well, seen some, I've seen some good gains with, with that rep range. Um, and yeah. yeah it, once you, once you adapt to it, it's, it's good. You know, at first you just go, what the heck is this? What yeah. is this? This well, is not I, no good. It's just a different feeling. Like when you're mm. maybe in that less than 10 rep range, you definitely feel a lot of like tension, like raw tension on the muscle. Mm. So if you're doing a bench press, you're doing less than or fewer than 10 reps. Whoa, geez, you just feel the tension in your pecs and your shoulders and your triceps. And then as you kind of progress into maybe that 10 to 20 or the 20 to 30 rep range, it changes from this feeling of tension, maybe into the feeling of a burn right mm. um or a feeling of like that pump coming on um where you know you're doing bicep curls and you're doing 15 16 17 reps of it um really feeling that stretch and contraction and you feel like the biceps about to just explode off of your arm so it's a less sensation of, of of pure tension on the muscle and more a sensation of like the 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 pump or the like a burning sensation that's like metabolites kind of building up in the in the muscle so again different pathways different stimulus different challenge and you know you can kind of go deeper into you know 
high threshold motor recruitment units um, and you know fast twitch fibers, low twitch fibers and all these other things, right? right, right. But the main, main idea is that we're trying to challenge the muscle through different ways. Um, and part of that is by manipulating the rep ranges. Yep. Yay. Yay. This is, so, this is so educational tonight, today, tomorrow, and always. And tomorrow and yesterday as well, because. Yeah. Well, yes, yesterday it would have been educational had we have produced it yesterday. So yeah, retrospectively, absolutely. Well, this, look, this sounds like um, uh, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I was going to throw in like that, that quote of like, you know, today is special that's why it's called the present or something like that but uh oh that's today, cute today is yeah. a gift that's why it's called the present is that the the quote i kind of remember yeah. like you you've seen kung fu panda where uh he's talking yeah. to the, the turtle and he's saying like you know tomorrow is a mystery but today is a yeah. gift that's why it's called the present there that's you go cute We're you here. can be kung fu panda that's you i'm the panda am i mm-hmm. why not why not why not I I inspire to be the wise turtle one day. That's that's the dream, wise turtle someday. But maybe right yeah. now I'm like uh, the, the the clumsy panda. That's what I am. Why don't you guys comment on this somewhere and say if you're the turtle or the panda? Turtle or the panda. There you go. Mm-hmm. Look, Nick, let's wrap it up there for episode number four of the Rise of the Podcast. If you liked this episode, let us know. And we'll catch you next week for episode number five. See you guys.